Welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of Created for Connection, a podcast that explores the way we become isolated from one another, but how God moves us toward connection with Him and with each other. There are two parts to today's episode. First, Kevin and I discuss the common experience of feeling disconnected from God and how we can respond to these feelings. We believe that God is closer than we often think. Then in the second half of the episode, we interview Cheyenne Metters, the musician who created the music for this podcast. Cheyenne talks about the process of creating music and how this brings connection to God and other people. To everyone listening, we're glad you're here. Welcome back to Creative for Connection. I'm your host, Paul McMullen, and I'm here with Kevin Shelby. Hey, Kevin. Hey, hey, everybody. What's going on? How's it going today, man? It's going well. Um, you know, as always, keeping a lot of plates spinning. So it's just hard to uh, to know which one is, is about to drop, um, which is kind of, I don't know. It just feels like that's kind of the way life is at this stage with four kids and two dogs and a cat and, you know, yeah, everybody's doing sports and, you know, I mean, it doesn't really matter how many kids you have. If you have kids and they're in like elementary, middle school, high school age, you're in it. Life is crazy. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. Exactly. Yeah. And didn't you have like four dogs last week or the week before? Yeah, we did. My in-laws, my my mother and father-in-law and my sister-in-law and her family all went to Disney World together and they each have a dog. And so we kept the those two dogs. Plus we have our two dogs. Um, and one of their dogs is like, was kind of like taking care of a geriatric patient. I mean, he, he had like you know, a list of pills that he had to take at night and stuff. And he's a sweet, sweet dog that we were happy to take care of, but it wasn't just, you know, like letting him out in the backyard to go potty a yeah. couple times a day. I mean, it was, it was caretaking. So <laughs> plus we had the ice storm that shut everything down last week. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's so funny. Dallas is, you know, last week, this time or or the day before no even even friday i mean it was really cold like in the teens low teens and today it's like 75 <laughs> yeah yeah memphis is the same way it's supposed to be 70 degrees today and then 32 tomorrow night so yeah. can't decide what it wants to be no who knows but nonetheless i mean it just is so hard to find like like a, a space, a slice of time to really just, you know, be, yeah, to, to breathe, to podcast, to podcast in, in excellent ways. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to, to carve out time for anything other than, than the daily activities is really tough. So, yeah. Well, I'm sure somebody out there can relate to what you're going through. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it I think it is applicable to our our topic for today, what we yeah. want to talk about and and that is just this this idea that you you keep bringing back into my attention and that is that God is closer than we think, you know, yeah. that that he 
he's in the spaces of life that we um we aren't always aware of it, it so like i just think all of that activity keeps us distracted from what's true what's real um and so i yes. i don't know I'm, I'm excited for us to talk about that because i mean i feel that i i have a real sense of that just spinning the wheels and kind of getting to points where i'm like wait a second i haven't spent time with the lord i haven't had time to myself in days right and those days probably don't feel all that special all that memorable um no sense of you know the magic of life happening and um yeah we as we interview people and we talk about moving towards connection for you and i uh, in particular and 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 for I think all of our guests as well, it's not just in, in the human realm of connection that, that we feel these things. It's definitely a spiritual reality too, where there's, there's seasons of life. Um, but even in the day to day where we feel far from God, where we feel isolated and we wanted to, you and I wanted to take some time to talk about that today. And then we're going to um, add on a little bit where we interviewed um, a, a, a guy that did the music for this podcast, Cheyenne Meadows. Yeah. yeah. And that's a funny conversation that also we, I feel like wraps into a little bit of this because we're, when we talk about music and we're going to talk, ask him about, you know, where does he, where does he see or find God in the midst of making music? So that's kind of the, the theme of today, but yeah, I to me, and you know, I I shared in season one some of my story was really about doubt and about where is God and is is God there? And I never doubted whether or not necessarily there was a God, but certainly what kind of God there was, and you know, why wouldn't God be close? If God is the creator, where was He? And, and many times I would pray, um, at in my teenage years before I would became a follower of Jesus. And I was just frustrated with why did God seem so hard to find in our world? Why did he seem so hard and so far away from me? And so I think a lot of my life and a lot of my walk, um, that question still is there. Is God close? Is God, can I find God? Um, why do I feel far away in different seasons? And so, yeah, that's what we want to address kind of in a, in a brief way today. And um, has that been has that been something that's uh, part of your your spiritual walk as well, Kevin? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've gone in and out. I would say from a pretty young age, I had a sense of a nearness of God um, that I I'd. I don't really know how to explain that other than I've just always sensed his presence. Um, especially in my younger years of innocence, you know, like there was, there was a clearer connection, more, more simple, clear connection. Um, but the older that I've gotten and the more life has happened and the more distractions get thrown my way, you know, I find myself moving in and out of that. I find myself having that, you know, being distracted into distance from God versus when I, when I turn and pivot from where I am 
and and turn my face towards him and really try to hear him and sit with him, it really is beautiful mm. and amazing. Um, but I do that so little in my life in comparison to how much I want to, you know? Yeah. So you feel more distracted than you do. Like you have regular good rhythms of connection, the way you want to feel. Absolutely. And when I do that, um, I also find myself slipping into, you know, just, um, just behavior that is not necessarily going to lend itself to rest and relaxation and peace. You know, um, I throw myself into dumb projects and filling my time with things that are unimportant. And, you know, I think not being centered in the Lord it just causes us to kind of stray away into stuff that is that doesn't bring a lot of meaning into our lives you know yeah i i think um, i think we start chasing after things that you know are not lined up as much with our values um i think there's a lot of things but i do i, I think just the busyness it's not bad stuff a lot of times it's it's just the the grind of, you know, like you said, four kids, sometimes four dogs, you know, you're taking care of a lot. It's responsibility. Um, it's job. It is just the need to relax. And, you know, it's like the the choice of, am I going to watch, you know, the, this hour and a half of the show I want to watch tonight? Or am I going to practice some discipline of, of prayer or, uh, scripture or something else of, of just, just connection and, and some kind of spiritual practice. And I know, I mean, this is, uh, so many people that, uh, that follow Jesus, you know, we, just, we talk about this struggle cause it's just an ever present struggle, especially in our time and place. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like, uh, you know, if we lived in a time before pre-electricity where you had to you know, 6 p.m. or 5.30 p.m. in the winter and you had to turn on the oil lamp, you know, and all you can do is, you know, talk together and, and read your Bible. And that's that's the activity for the night. <laughs> um, we're not in a world like that anymore. We can be up all night, do whatever we want. So, yeah, John Eldridge says it's it's more difficult to be a human being today than it ever has been. Wow. Because of how much how much we fill our lives with and the busyness and the hurry and, you know, the constant um, running to the next thing, you know, and the time that gets eaten up with technology and all of, all of the distractions, like our souls are just exhausted. And uh, it's funny last night, Melissa said, Hey, do you want to watch a show or do you want to go on to bed? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I was kind of on the fence. And she's like, let's just watch a show. So we started this, this one ep episode of a new show that we're watching. And she, uh, she falls asleep on the couch while we're watching it. And I was so mad. I was like, why, did, <laughs> why didn't we just go to bed? You know, <laughs> I was exhausted last night. And, um, you know, when we're getting in bed and I just was like, I'm sorry. You know I mean? I could have easily said, no, I could have just said, let's go ahead and go to bed. It's not, it's not your fault, but 
the pull towards one more show or, you know, one more, one more thing. It's like this, it's like around the next bend, I'm going to find some, some relief that I hadn't found yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, I, I think that that lie is rooted deeply into our culture right now. Right. Pull, that's, that's the thing that pulls us away from that deep settled connection with the Lord. And when you talk about choosing to watch shows over, you know, reading our Bible or praying or whatever, you know, I, I know you don't mean like, Oh, you need to read, read your Bible and pray every day. You're talking about, we choose to, to just let ourselves kind of passively fall into something that's easy versus like stepping into connection with God yeah. And, um, and when we talk about being known, that's the most important place to be known is in our relationship with God. But when we're filling it up with so many other things, so many distractions, it's just not going to happen. Our cup right. is going to stay empty. Right. And it, and it begs the question, what type of life am I living that requires me to decompress as much as I feel the need to, or, to, to medicate that sense of hurt, to kind of put a, a counseling phrase on it, a therapy phrase, you know, why do I need to medicate um, my life the way that I feel I need to through these mechanisms of of numbing out to whatever show or other method or, or certainly the, the more addictive substances, you know, what what's going on? Why does my life feel like I I charge into this and then I have to decompress into that? if that makes sense. It's this rhythm, right? It's this rhythm of life where there's hurry, 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 pressure, pressure, pressure. And then what am I doing to relieve that? Well, it's not, <laughs> prayer doesn't quite cut it because prayer feels like work. Like connection feels like work. A, a, a deep conversation feels like work. Um, I want, I want to veg out. I want to completely numb my mind you know that's i think that's that rhythm of life is part of it but see that i think that's where it, it's the lie that leads us into numbing out because we believe that on the other side of numbing is going to be a refilling and a couple of years ago i i started a study on sabbath what does sabbath mean because mm. i was really interested for personal reasons that's why i always go into some of these deeper studies, I'm like, okay, what, you know, what's the, what's the real thing here? And, um, Sabbath was not a total disconnection from life. It was a removal of distractions in order to connect more deeply with God and family. Mm. That's what God intended Sabbath to be. So when we think of like taking a rest day, we're using the wrong word if we say rest when we go and we watch football or the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy in one day. Don't get me wrong. I think those things are great to do. Yeah, you've done that. I have, but they're yeah. certainly not rest. Right. It's not, it's not restful to go on a vacation and spend all of your time going from one thing to the other. You know, if you're at the beach never actually sitting there on the edge of the ocean, taking in the Lord's beauty and, and letting the waves wash over your legs and, and it 
it deeply connect you with nature instead of doing something like that you're like going and riding dune buggies on the sand dunes and you know going to play putt putt golf and swimming and playing building sandcastles with the kids making memories is yeah. great but it's not rest rest is when we intentionally deepen our relationship with the lord because true rest is what fills our cup up so that then we can overflow into others and that kind of rest may have sleep involved right we may be you know staying rested in terms of our sleep schedule so that we can be more available to the lord but rest is connection not disconnection where we're watching tv and doing all these other you know, activities. Right. That it, this picture came into my mind of your, your body needing sustenance, you know, and you're hungry, your body needs energy. Um, so you could eat what I had for lunch yesterday, which is just a huge helping of chips and salsa. It was very pleasing, <laughs> but I felt pretty lethargic afterwards, you know, like the energy level went up and then it went quickly down. And, you know, our, our nutritionist friends out there are laughing and shaking their head. Um, so you can feel, you know, you can feel your body towards full. It kind of meets the need, but like, what does your body actually need? It needs, mm -hmm. it needs protein. It needs vegetables. It needs the sorts of things that it can break down and turn into energy well, and not just, you know, another helping of ice cream or whatever. So um, both things feel like they're meeting the need, but one thing is meeting it well. The other thing is just kind of scratching the itch of hunger. And and I thought, oh, that that makes sense. I do that. I do that with hunger, too. But what do I need for rest? And this this verse uh, came to mind as well. And I heard this this week in a retreat and it's really stuck with me. And it's, uh, it's from Isaiah chapter 30, and I'll put this in the notes. Um, but it's uh, in verse 15, and it says, This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says, In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. And then he goes on and he talks about how they, they're... Um, they chase after what they think they need and they go down to Egypt to get their help. And he's like, no, it's in, it's in repentance, which is a turning, it's a turning towards God and rest. Mm. Like what's the action that they need to be saved? Well, it's turning towards God and resting in him. Mm. And then in quietness and trust is your strength. It's just, it's such a different way of operating in the world than what we're used to and um but it's also kind of beautiful it's this invitation to like psalm 23 come let the the shepherd lead you by these streams of water where you rest and like that's going to restore and refresh your soul and so i i think like when we do uh do that turning towards god and that then letting him kind of quiet ourselves um the experience is beautiful and it is refreshing and it's refining and it, it feels like we feel so good afterwards. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just kind of meditating on that scripture this week and what that means for me. That's a great one. Well, and you think about, you know, people who 
are hearing this might, they might say, well, Paul and Kevin, you know, you, you want us to just like sit in silence, like monks for hours a day, just hearing from the Lord. And, and, and I would say, no, there's so many mediums that God can meet us through. Um, it's not necessarily limiting ourselves to a certain type of action. It's the intention of our action, you know? So I think about like what we're, we're going to hear from Cheyenne about music and that being a medium through which God connects with people, you know, certainly there are people that connect with God in silence. Um, and I think, I think we all could, if we would practice it, but mm -hmm. I don't think it's the only way, you know, some people connect with God through nature, you know, just like exploring and climbing a mountain and standing on top of it and seeing, you know, the beauty and like people, I know people that have been deeply touched by that experience. I remember standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon and in awe of what I was seeing and recognizing just how enormous God is in comparison to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there, there are sacred moments all over life, and there are lots of different mediums that connect us with those sacred moments. Yes, and and you said intention, and I think it it's it's that intention, and then it's attention. It's I'm I'm looking at the world with expectation, and this gets back to a theological piece that I think is really important to talk about. Maybe we we won't get into it too deeply today. Um, but in two different sources lately, I've been uh, I've been reading about what's called a sacramental ontology. So big words, but like um, a way of viewing the world where there are many different invitations toward God, and it's not that our world is so divided up into this is the physical realm, and then heaven and God far away are the spiritual realm, almost like there's a two-story world one author uh richard beck actually drawing from another author um talks about this view of the world where um this is where the the normal kind of scientific stuff happens this is where the this is the material world and then there yeah maybe we might believe in a spiritual world but it's disconnected from our reality and so a sacramental view sacrament is when you think about that there's there's these connection points where the holy meets the normal and these places where there uh, some people call them thin places where god is can be felt tangibly and you know there's sacraments like communion and baptism or two of the sacraments many of us are familiar with that they're holy places they're holy moments and the biblical view of the world is not so much that it's this separation but that god and god's spirit are active and and are moving and that the creation, getting back to Genesis, is good. And it's, and it's not that the creation is God, but the creation, if, we, if we're in it um, and we listen to it and pay attention, God can speak to us and can reveal himself, and not just in nature, but he can speak in a myriad of ways. And so it's about approaching life with a posture that's receptive and that slows down enough to pay attention to see if we can see God, if we can notice God in simple, small, uh, quiet, beautiful ways. 
Yeah, I mean, and these thin spaces are described all throughout scripture. You know, the garden is the first thin space described. Um, then you have uh, the burning bush. You know, that's another thin space where heaven and earth are overlapping. <clears throat> Not necessarily like, like an eclipse where they finally come together, but like they're always overlapping. The thin spaces are where there's sort of this, this uh, connecting point between the two, you know? And, uh, and so, I mean, th there are those thin spaces described all throughout the, the biblical narrative. And I think that we live in such a physical world view um, that we miss the idea of thin spaces where we can mm. meet God, where heaven and earth are overlapping and where, I mean, the whole idea of Jesus is that, that now we become a thin space, you Ooh, know, like yeah. as he indwells us and he washes us clean and now the spirit is within, now we are that thin space and it's just a matter of whether our attention and intention are directed at allowing the, that thin space to be realized in the presence of God. Yeah. And isn't that what Sabbath day is or could be? It's we're marking out time in the week and we're going to pay attention to God and to each other in a new way. And it's the exactly. intention that we're going to do that. And that's why the Sabbath is holy it's special. It's marked out. And it's not just holy in the sense that we set it apart. That is the case. But it's holy in the sense that when we do that, God is there. And mm. not because God wasn't there before, but it's like Jacob when he had this dream and he's like, angels were ascending and descending. And he's like, oh, God was in this place. I never knew it. And it's like, okay, we have to get in rhythms where we slow down enough to pay attention and notice that God, God is there. And I think that's what we we just wanted to say today, because it we go through life often feeling isolated from from God. And I guess our contention is when we have uh, when we've slowed down and started to pay attention and asked for the grace to to see God and to hear, um, we've seen that wow, there's there's a lot of places in the world where we've been able to find God and he's not so far away. He's not so, not so hard to get, you know, as, as yeah. maybe it feels sometimes. Yeah. I, and I think about the people that are listening that are going to be saying, I'm so far from that, mm. that what it'll take for me to get there is too, too big an obstacle to overcome. You know, like I'm in a, I'm in an addiction or, you know, I just haven't spent any time with God in years, you know, or I'm a minister that's just running thin and I can't, there's no way for me to take the time spent spending with the Lord, like you're describing. And I just, I want to encourage you to say, you are not alone in that, you know, mm -hmm. that feeling of this is an insurmountable you know, distance between me and that thin space with God. I, I have felt that so many times in my life that there's no way to even count how many times I've been there. But I would also say that the distance between here and there is, is, is just a turning. It's, it, it doesn't even take 
you traveling any distance. It's just a turning and asking God to meet you in your pl- in the place that you're in. Um, and and I I think that He will show up. Yes, and it doesn't. He will show up even in the midst of your sin, even in the midst of of the struggle. He will show up. And I'm trying not to preach, but I I, I just want to make that point that like, you know, when we've felt distance from God. It's not because he's not ready to meet us where we are. It's because we've piled on the guilt and shame. And that's what makes us feel like we can't enter into the Holy of Holies with him. But that's a lie. It's not true. And and accepting that and just turning from, from where we are, turning our gaze to him is all that it requires. If you're preaching you're preaching, we're preaching to ourselves and not just to imagine people because it's something that the temptation is to always believe that God is far from us and that we, if we want to come back to him, that it's going to just take some, you know, climbing the mountain of spirituality when in reality it's the, it's the turning and then you have the father that runs after you. And that's that's the nature of God that we believe in. And then we have to encourage each other like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that together. It's going to be good. We're not alone. Well, the thing that I want to deconstruct here is that God will only meet us if we have first experienced some big forgiveness repentance process. And I, I think that that is what kind of keeps people from like turning back towards him is like, oh, I've the, the distance that I have to travel is, you know, this huge confession, this, um, this shameful walk of going through the pain of people knowing and all this stuff. And I would say that is God, God in his grace and kindness doesn't expect you to walk through mounds of shame to get to him. That's not what he expects. And is that part of some people's journey? Sometimes it is, but that's not the road back to him. That might be the road back to restoration and relationships around you, right? There's a difference between those two things. And what he welcomes you into is kindness and grace and immediate forgiveness. It may take the people in your life longer to experience that than it does for God, but he welcomes you into an immediate space of love and grace and forgiveness. So I, I, I think that that distance is part of the mountain of shame that we're afraid of crossing. Mm-hmm. That's good, Kevin. Um, and, and we're going to, we're going to wrap up the conversation here, but if if this has got you thinking and if you have any questions or or comments or you want us to talk more about these topics uh, from from this conversation today, um, I encourage you to go to our notes and find the email address for the show and write to us and and share what you think, share what you, what questions you have, share what you'd like to hear more about. And uh, we'd love to engage you in that way. And most of all, we want you to know whether you're feeling 
well connected today or you're feeling that sense of farness and, and even shame about that, that you are not alone. Thanks for listening to part one of this episode. We'll now transition to our interview with Cheyenne Metters and continue the conversation. We want to take a moment and thank Wellspring Process Groups for sponsoring today's episode. Wellspring is an initiative Paul launched at the beginning of 2021 that provides people with a safe place to process the experiences they're facing in life. Whether you're going through challenges or transitions, or if you need a safe group of people to share life with for a season, we invite you to join a Wellspring Process Group. I've been in one of these groups, and it's been a life-changing experience for me. I encourage you to go to the show notes right now and contact Wellspring to find out when you can join a process group for yourself. Welcome to Creative for Connection. Uh, this is Paul. I'm here with Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Hey, hey Paul. Uh, we're so happy to be with you today. Thanks for listening in. And we're really excited to bring in... Uh, our good friend, Cheyenne Metters, who is the creator of the music that you hear on this podcast. Hey, Cheyenne, welcome. Hey, thank you. It's really good to be here. We have been thinking about this for a while. Just We wanted people to get a chance to hear directly from you uh, as people that have listened to some of these interviews and the topics Kevin and I have talked about. And but just how it's it's beautifully introduced with your music. And uh, and as we exit, we get to hear that same uh, rhythm and beat. I, I love how a, a tune can just kind of start to be associated with a story or with people. And I feel like you're in this podcast with us already because your tune introduces and closes us uh, every time that we record. I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm honored. To, to be a part of it and I've listened to a few of your interviews so I feel like I'm I'm right there in the room with you too especially since we used to hang out in college it's just like being um being back at the Ulrey house kind of <laughs> that's right <laughs> we're in a house uh we all lived uh rented rooms in a house that had been converted into little apartments across from Harding University and we all hung out together and, and played through the entire uh, song collection of Counting Crows at one point, I believe. Probably. Yeah. Um, there, that there probably had also a, a lot to do with it. I think Josiah Smeltzer would come over and he always wanted to have like a Counting Crows night where we, we sat around and just played Counting Crows songs. There, there was also, um, something else that happened at that house paul you and i didn't do dishes for i believe a month <laughs> and um and we had some girls come over to hang out with us which we weren't supposed to do uh and the dishes were so disgusting that they did them for us and i remember eric and cheyenne were like we want to know how you got that to happen because we want girls to come do our dishes as well which i cheyenne maybe y'all did have girls come do your dishes but i don't know it's crazy how how much girls put up with <laughs> so true i mean they could have just turned around and left <laughs> i know why did they do our dishes 
don't know. Well, I don't Cheyenne, know. You're, you may remember that Kevin's nickname in college was the bamboozler because he could bamboozle <laughs> anything that, <laughs> that he really wanted. I remember going to Pizza Hut with Kevin and him saying something like, watch this, I'm going to get us a free pizza. And within minutes, oh, yeah. he, had, he had free pizza for everybody. Like, yeah, I remember that. that. I, I do remember that. Yeah. The other story I remember about Kevin is that he somehow went to Africa and became a famous wrestling champion. <laughs> <laughs> we have not told that story on this podcast. Uh, oh, you don't I have think... to tell it now, but, but later you should you should get into that because I would like to hear it again. Yeah, that 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 should be we should in, we should incorporate that somehow into a later episode. One time right after that happened, I spoke at chapel, you know, so there were what, like three or four thousand people there. And I thought, I don't really care what the message is. I just want to tell this story because it's so <laughs> awesome. So I yeah. I told the story and made it some like weird, random spiritual connection to it. But it was it was terrible. And the story really, really was the thing that that shined that day. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's special. It's special. I so. think you had 3000 people laughing at the same time. So <laughs> yeah. it's always a good response. Yeah, it was great. It was great. I, I do need to tell that story, Cheyenne. I'm thankful that you remember that and that you introduced it here. Hey, I, I do want to ask you this. Um, I, what is it like to hear music that you've created on a podcast or, you know, used for what it's used for? Does it, does the music actually kind of align with the feeling that you had when you were creating it? I mean, I just have zero understanding of how to create music in the first place. So I'm curious about that. Like, what do you think? Well, yeah. I mean, on this podcast, I, I think, I think I remember, I, I forgot what episode I listened to first, but I forgot that I had music on it. <laughs> and so when the music came, it sounded strangely familiar. And then I was like hitting myself in the head like, oh yeah, that's the thing I did. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really cool. It was a good feeling. It was a good feeling to kind of be a part of it. Yeah. yeah. Do you like the music that you wrote for this podcast? Oh yeah. Yeah. I like it a lot. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I love the music. I think, you know, we, I, we kind of talked about what we're looking for and uh, you, you wrote and then we, we uh, nuanced it a little bit and it's just, I love it. It's perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So shy. Uh, what, um what do you do full-time now do you just produce your own music do you produce music for other people what's kind of keeps you busy yeah both um i mean lately the whole move thing and transition thing has kind of taken some time there's been an adjustment like my studio is my bedroom now um you know, like I said before, before we went live, there's a lot of good energy here in this bedroom. Um, but my studio desk is is in the corner. 
and I'm on headphones and uh, it's kind of a big bedroom. Uh, it would be nice if the bedroom were smaller and I had another room <laughs> to work. Um, yeah. But because it's in the bedroom, like I don't have as much time, like un unbroken focused time to create i do when chet's in school and that's good um but you know we just had two and a half weeks of christmas break so so there wasn't a whole lot of of working i mean there was some yeah um, i'm always working on something but i you know maybe that's nice maybe that's what the rest of the world is like you know you take a vacation and it's a vacation um instead of like every uh every spare second you know you're sitting out on the computer trying to create something yeah and you're um, you're referring to you've been you and your family have been in nashville for a number oh of yeah years. yeah we had a home a pretty big home studio in the house okay in nashville where people would come some weeks every day there'd be musicians in there um recording sometimes it was just me uh, to answer your previous question, yeah, I, I produce for other people and I produce my own stuff that I write and sing and I collaborate with other artists. Um, where can and people, there, there's always something going on. If people want to listen to some of your music, where can they find it? Well, if you have Spotify, that's what I use for streaming. Um, there's, I made a playlist called Cheyenne Metters Outlet it's just kind of an outlet for all the, not all, but a lot of the stuff that I work on. Some of it I'm singing my own songs. Some of it is things I've produced for other people. Um, some of them are songs that I've co-written and that other people have produced. Um, some of them are just songs that I, uh, I was fortunate enough to play on the recording, play guitar or bass. Um, but it's, it's a growing list and I don't know how many songs are on it, like maybe like a hundred or something that there's a lot of songs on that list. And sometimes I make shorter playlists and put them out there, but you know, social media, I don't like social media. It's, I, I'm not, I, I haven't learned how to like wield it like a Jedi and, <laughs> and, and, and you have to do that to get people's attention you know because you can make a post and if if it's anything about music then the algorithms will only let like three or four people see it oh wow because because they want you to buy an ad right we found similar things about uh podcasts if you put if you put an episode directly in your yeah. post that uh, you know it hardly goes out to anybody so you've got to figure out ways around that yeah um, but if i if i post a picture of a of a deer or something or like, or a bird, you know, like 200 people see it. <laughs> gotta be sneaky about it. You know, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta sneak in my music to my bird posts. <laughs> Facebook loves animals. It's in the, it's, it's meta animals. It's digi who, digitized who doesn't. Versions of yeah. Them. yeah. 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 Um, well, shy, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, you, you've listened to some of our episodes on the podcast and it's really a, a, a podcast about how 
we've been made and uh, how we feel like we've been made by God to connect to him and to other people. But that's yep. so often we find ourselves isolated. We find ourselves isolated in our brokenness and our shame in just the difficulty that is life and relationships. And so I'm just curious as you create music and you work with other people that do, in what sense do you feel connected to God through that? Um, is that an, an outlet where you, you do find connection? What's that like for you? Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's hard, it's hard to talk about music really. I think it's, um, I think it's a universe. It's a dimension. Mm. It's hard to talk about music without getting like way too, what's the word? Esoteric or <laughs> like, or, uh, yeah, music is, uh, it's an art form. It's, it's just so beautiful and endless. Like it, it's, and I guess it's like this with any art, but I, I was thinking a few years ago how, sometimes when you create music it can feel like all the good ideas have been taken you know the beatles wrote all the good songs the beatles and and a few other people you know and but then but then somebody discover you know opens up a new door and 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 just starts making all this new stuff and and it takes on new meaning and I'm, I'm convicted and, and I feel like it, it gets proven to me over and over that, that you can never reach the end of it. You, you can never reach the end of, of artistic expression. That's just God inside of us, Mm. you know, like the, the boundless, infinite divine nature of God. You know, we're, we're in God's family and, and God shares all that with us. And, and music is just one of the, the many ways he shares it with us. Um, and it, um, it's cool because it does connect people. A song can become so, so meaningful to so many people. Yeah. Has there been music that, whether it's your own music or somebody else's, that you've listened to it and just felt either the sense of God speaking to you from it or saying something true to you or just being almost in, in God's presence. Have you ever had that experience? Oh, absolutely. So the first thing that comes to mind, um, when my granddad, my dad's dad, his name was Bo. He died in 2010 and he was in the hospital a long time. Like he, he had surgery and he had some severe complications in his lungs after surgery. He had to have a tracheotomy. He couldn't talk. He was just laid up in bed and he, he stopped kind of respond, not being able to talk. I mean, that must do terrible things to somebody psychologically because, and his body was already weakened by the surgery. And after a few weeks, he, he was barely responsive to people. People would come visit him. And I was living in Nashville at the time. I was dating Priscilla. We weren't married yet, but we were singing together. And I took Priscilla 
to visit Bo in the hospital and I didn't have a guitar or anything, but we just sang. I remember we sang the Daniel Lanois song shine, which is uh, just a beautiful song. And it it seems to be about God to me. And as soon as we started singing that Bo just cut, he, he set up and, his arms outstretched towards us like he wanted to hug us and tears started cascading down his face and he was just smiling and like mouthing the words i love you Mm. and music just kind of kind of broke through It, it broke through to his spirit and not just music but that song we also sang amazing grace we might have sang, sung some other things too, but those those are the two I remember. Wow, that's really and I hope beautiful. I get the chance to tell Lanois about that story at some mm. point because it's an important song. But it was just like a powerful healing spiritual moment. Mm. I think some of the most impactful times of my life have been accompanied by or initiated by some song that really touched me deeply, you know, Yeah. or in times of isolation, you know, it was like my connection back to God or my connection back to humanity. Even if it didn't like connect me individually to people, it was like maybe the initial reminder that I'm not alone, that somebody else could put words to what I'm feeling or somebody else could, express joy that made me joyful or something like that. There's something about music that is a bridge, I think, towards connection. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like I probably forget that, Kevin, too often, that, that, it, that it is so centrally about connection. You know, like people who are music creators – they get lost in the weeds sometimes of, well, what, what sounds trendy, what's going to be popular, you know, or, or this sounds messed up, you know, how can I fix it? Especially with technology these days, you know, working, working on the computer, which is a really powerful tool, but it's important to intentionally have a big picture. I don't know if that's the right word, but to stay connected to the song itself, the music itself and the potential of, of really what it could be in terms of connecting with other people. Like I I forget sometimes how much I love performing until I, I go out on the road and, and play for people. And then it, and then it hits me like, Oh yeah, this is my favorite thing to do. I forgot. (laughs) why is that i mean is it because like i don't know looking out in the crowd you know you see people connecting with your music and that that you feel like that brings joy or what makes makes you love that well that's well that's part of it it's more just like if i'm in a room and people are listening and you know if people's attention are on the song then i can really join them as I'm performing it I can I can join them and 
give my attention to the song and to the performance. Some venues, it's a real struggle. Like, like if you're, if you're playing in a loud bar and everybody's just talking, you know, like there, there's way too much of that. I don't know why we do that to ourselves, <laughs> just play music uh, in rooms where people aren't interested in hearing music. I don't know. Um, there's way too many venues like that. Yeah. It feels like there's a disconnection there. You know, it's almost like you've got this person trying to pour their heart out through music and everybody else is not really paying attention. And there's, there is like a disconnection happening between yeah. the person. Yeah. Creating oh yeah. This. Yeah. Yeah. And there, you know, there's usually people that are paying attention in the room, but in some rooms it's just, it's just a real struggle. But I went on a house tour playing in people's living rooms, unplugged, no microphones, no amps, um, in early 2020. And, um, it was with my friend, Rusty Clanton. And that's kind of what he does. That's his main thing is, is, is unplugged house concerts. And it was so refreshing just to stand. It was, it was like, it was like, you know, the Ori house or something, you know, where people just sitting around listening to somebody sing and play. And after that tour was over, I was like, it was about a two week tour. I was like, I'm going to do this six or eight times this year. Um, but then everybody locked themselves in the house because of COVID. <laughs> so I haven't done it again yet. Oh, well, unfortunately that was, yeah, we came home on like March 5th, 2020. Oh, wow. That's um, crazy. Well, Shai, um, thank you so much for just sharing a little bit about your experience creating music and just some of those thoughts about connection uh, that that you've experienced there. Uh, we're we're just really we're really grateful for you for our friendship and that you are are really part of this Creative for Connection podcast. I just just want to say thanks. Yeah, thank, thank you. Shai. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Love uh, y'all. Yeah, you too, man. And uh, we're, we're grateful for everybody that's listening in and uh, just hope that you can be inspired by uh, the music that Cheyenne's made and go check him out on Spotify or we'll also provide some other links in the show notes today. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions or thoughts on this topic, we encourage you to email us using the address in our show notes. We also want you to check out Cheyenne's music on Spotify and other music venues. And thanks Cheyenne for producing today's music. Thank you to Wellspring Process Groups for sponsoring this episode. If Creative for Connection has been helpful for you, please drop a review on whichever podcast service you're using. And please share with your friends and anyone you think might appreciate these conversations. We'll see you next time.